Welcome to Travels in a Mathematical World, a podcast from the Institute of Mathematics and its Applications, the IMA. My name is Peter Rowlett. This is episode 51. 51 is the smallest number which can be written with all the digits from 1 to 5 without repetition as a sum of prime numbers. Back in episode 50, Dr. Sebastian Gano talked to me about his work in invisibility cloaks. Here he follows this up by giving some examples from optical waveguides and other areas to highlight the processes which drive applied mathematics, research and collaboration. And I think this is really what is applied mathematics. So applied mathematics is interacting with civil engineers, with biologists, with... uh, uh, any kinds of uh, people to find uh, a topic of interest which is common. And once you have defined your uh, interest, common interest, you try to model it and bring both interesting theoretical questions, but also uh, stuff important for applications. And I think this is what is the strength of applied mathematics in uh, in UK. Uh, unlike French mathematicians uh, or applied French mathematicians which do really beautiful theoretical uh, stuff which is not applied in UK you have this kind of Newtonian approach you want to make it and it, it, it means that research dissemination is even higher because this is going to be cross-disciplinary you can meet biologists, chemists in a department of mathematics in uh, in UK. You would never see this in France. And this makes it a unique opportunity to talk to people with a different background and then to create new things. And uh, so this is how all these ideas about invisibility came to life. There is also, for instance, another topic which is of really high interest. We have three Nobel Prizes in physics this year, all in optical waveguides. Uh, I have written a book which has been published by Imperial College Press back in 2005 on optical waveguides. So this is my subject. And uh, what I can tell is that this prize went to people working on optical fibers of old technology. It's a technology which is... 20 years old. But nowadays, people like Philip Russell in Germany design so-called photonic crystal fibers. These are new generations of optical waveguides. And I would say future Nobel Prizes will be in this kind of direction. And here, what do you do? Well, you think, okay, an optical waveguide is very interesting, but there is a strong attenuation of light. You see, what happens is that every 40 kilometers, uh, you have to add uh, a repetitor uh, to amplify the signal so that it can propagate for 40 kilometers again. And this cost is tremendous. I think it's about one to 200,000 pounds per unit. This costs much more than the optical fiber itself. Let us imagine for one moment in a brave new world that we don't need these repetitors every 40 kilometers, but every 400 kilometers. How can you do this? You need uh, photonic crystal fibers. They are currently being made in blessed photonics. 
uh, it's in the Netherlands, but it used to be in UK. We've lost uh, the company in UK. And what's going to happen is that now the signal propagates without any leakage. So, uh, again, how do you make this possible? Well, physicists went to talk to uh, applied mathematicians such that um, Alexander Movshan around 1999-1998 uh, and they asked them the question is it possible to find a so-called photonic band gap in uh, a crystal fiber and Alexander Movshan said oh I know the mathematical model it's a mathematical model of the Floquet block type for periodic structures he looked at his model he solved this equation and he said, yes, you can. And the physicist told him, ah, well, then I'm very happy to have a grant with you. Let's apply for a grant. They applied for a grant and here I am. I was the postdoc. And so I worked with these two fantastic people, the physicist with making the optical waveguide and the mathematician with designing. And it came to fruition because we patented an idea for ultra-fast optoelastic switches in this new technology of fibers. And, uh, and once again, this is another example of real-life mathematics. Real-life mathematics that might be used uh, for uh, internet connections in a decade or two. But in a decade or two, uh, current optical fibers, they will be considered as has been. Okay, so you have always to foresee what's going to happen next. And uh, this is why we are always open-minded. We received people working for uh, the Royal Navy. They had a problem with their submarines. They wanted to make it more, well, less visible, let's say. We told them, yes, we could do something for you. So we started to interact. Alexander Movshan works with a, comp a company doing non-destructive imaging. This company is looking for cracks in some nuclear plants. Imagine, this can be quite bad. But to make the measurements, you don't want to destroy uh, the material itself. So you need to be able to do non-destructive imaging. And Moshan knows uh, how to do it. So they came to see him. He's a mathematician. He's not going to do the measures. But he will tell them, this is what you need, which frequency you need to be uh, so close from the wall or whatever. So, so this kind of really uh, Newtonian approach in the sense experiments, theory merged together is uh, our driving force in Liverpool. And uh, since uh, this is the same kind of approach which is being used in the University of Manchester with people like David Abraham with, uh, uh, who has a fantastic physical intuition as well uh, our two universities starting to talk to each other to develop uh, some kind of uh, common platform as uh, IPSERC likes to uh, bring our um, various uh, expertise together. So David Abraham is very famous for the Wiener-Hopf uh, theory. So it's a theory uh, which allows you uh, to, um, 
to uh, get a grasp of how a crack might propagate in an elastic medium. Alexander Mofshan knows a lot about this, but they thought that I knew more than they did on invisibility cloaks, so we merged their topic together with mine, and at the end of the day, we came up with a proposal of looking at uh, propagation of waves, cracks, in complex metamaterials. I think in general, people try to, well, co-author papers if they see that people are working on a very uh, uh, close subject. Rather than submit two papers which are competing together, try to, you know, merge your forces and make one paper a very nice one. So I think in general, uh, it's uh, the Anglo-Saxon approach, which I, uh, I really love. So I think this is a very interesting aspect of the mathematical world, you know. Uh, of course, you will always find some people who are less uh, likely to collaborate with you because they just want to keep their little baby. But in general, I think uh, in United States, UK, uh, Australia, uh, the common feature is let's collaborate let's have multi-partners, let's reach some critical mass uh, for grants, applications, to make platforms in order to be stronger, to be cross-disciplinary, and uh, the more ideas, the better the project. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that. Sebastian talks admiringly about Alexander Movchan, who sits on IMA Council, and David Abrams, who recently finished his term as IMA President. You can find out more about the podcast uh, if you just joined us. There are 50 previous episodes to listen to. Uh, get show notes relating to each episode and become a fan of the podcast on Facebook by visiting www.travelsinamathematicalworld.co.uk. You can find out more about what I do for the IMA by following me on Twitter, where I am Peter Rollett, R-O-W-L-E-T-T. Thank you for listening.